This all started in museums and galleries. Now it's in classrooms, in country towns. This should not be here. It's a human being in a box. This is the stuff of empires. There is a great betrayal. We're not slaves, we're African. It's the stuff the British stole. I just don't believe that. It just does not stand up. From ABC Australia and CBC Podcasts, six brand new podcast episodes for free worldwide, available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. I'm Tom Power. You're listening to Q. There's a new TV show out now about a group of young men who are rescued from a forest fire at an isolated gay conversion therapy camp in northern Manitoba. It's called Alter Boys. Alter, by the way, is spelled with an E-R at the end, not an, not an A-R. Anyway, it comes from the mind of Jonathan Lawrence, who's a writer and filmmaker from northern Manitoba. Jonathan's an actor, too. He plays the lead role in the show, a Scotty, who comes back to the camp and is trying to save everybody in it. So... Before you ask, Jonathan himself has not experienced that sort of conversion therapy he depicts in the show. He he makes that very clear in our conversation. But I was struck by his honesty and his candor when he talks about what he did go through. You know, he grew up queer in northern Manitoba, and he talks about going through some pretty severe bullying and how the healing from that and the processing of that made him think about the ways we force people to conform to the norm. You can watch all six episodes of Ultra Boys now on CBC Jam. Jonathan joined me from his home in Winnipeg to talk about the show. Here's our conversation. Jonathan, welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. How, how's it feeling having this thing out in the world? It, you know, honestly, it's feeling great. You know, we've we sort of had it all to ourselves for quite a bit of time in, in you know, production and post, and, and now it's out in the world. And so getting that that feedback and handing it off to an audience has been quite rewarding. So that's uh, that's been wonderful. Have you been getting much feedback? I have. Yeah. I mean, especially over the summer, um, you know, people, you know, wanting to sort of sit down with something. It's a very bingeable series. I mean, it's sort of less than, you know, three hours of content really in the end. And so I find a lot of people are sitting with it all in one go. And um, yeah, a lot of a lot of really wonderful responses have been coming in. I've been able to sort of connect with people in my own sphere, but sort of the extended sphere of of, of um, people involved and and even some um, sort of people I don't even know who have sort of reached out, which has been really quite wonderful. What was um, what was compelling to you about this story? Uh, you know, so much of the insight and sort of the inspiration for the story was, you know, an, an examination of, of queer friendships and, and love and community. And so it really it really stems from this place of of light. And um, we 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 use you know the the backdrop of this you know adversity to sort of as the catalyst to sort of explore that. I was really, you know, excited to, you know, look at those portrayals of, of of these relationships that I feel like I recognize but didn't often see out in the world. Tell me more about that. Um, well, I mean, you know, our, one of our sort of key relationships in the, in, in the story um, between Scotty and and Blake, you know, this is like a platonic love affair, and I feel that the platonic love affair doesn't really get a lot of a lot of spotlight. It doesn't sort of take the the reins of of love stories very often, and I feel like it is a is a beautiful place to to exist. And so that was really the spark of the story was wanting to to use that that particular relationship to really sort of funnel the story through. And I think it sort of presents an exciting um, sort of new portrayal of, of relationships between these these young men. Right, right. You, I think if I'm understanding this correctly, like we see a lot of romantic 
portrayals on on television. You know, yes. maybe not even a lot, but like some uh, romantic relationships, in particular, queer romantic relationships. It's so rare, if I, if I'm understanding you correctly, to see. And this is something you were interested in showing. People who can be soulmates, people who who are so connected to one another, but in a platonic way. Yes, exactly. And I mean, we we do have you know different sort of budding relationships that sort of funnel through the realm of of romance as well. But yeah, looking at at, at this particular relationship, something that was um, that was love, but it wasn't romance, and something that was intimate, but it's not sex. And so um, I think you know that that presents something that's um, I felt was quite quite fresh and very exciting, um, you know, on screen and, um, you know, the, all the, the wonderful actors who came in to, to bring these characters to life really, uh, really dove in. And I think those, those relationships really do shine. What, um, what was interesting to you about like a conversion therapy camp? In, in so many ways, you know, the conversion therapy sort of backdrop is a larger amalgamation of, you know, adversity, um, you know, out in the community, adversity that I myself have felt just, you know, growing up. I have not attended a conversion therapy camp or program myself, but looking back, you know, at the adversity that I kind of went through and how that felt there's you know there's a feeling of isolation and a feeling of being sort of trapped that that comes from that and so the the camp really allowed us to um highlight a very real world uh, venue and practice that exists while also looking at the larger adversity that uh, myself and community has faced too you play the lead character as you mentioned in Alter Boys and he sort of yes. takes on this role of like the leader for all the other boys at, at the camp what the hell are you doing scotty but is this is that just part of the program now? Your anger is warranted. Angry? You think I'm angry? Uh, Owen is destroyed, and you put him there. Sometimes the program uh, This can... is a trade, and you know it. Earlier when we were talking a little bit about the decision to, to set this, uh, some of this story in a, in a conversion um, therapy camp, you, you said, oh, you know, Tom, I've never, you know, I've never attended one myself, but I... Um, I, I have a lot of my own experiences here. You, you, you elaborated a little bit on that, but I, I've heard you talk a little bit about that before, that in the story of Scotty in the show, you, there's a little bit of your own story there. Can you, can you tell me more about that? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm sort of, you know, looking, going back a few years to sort of my my younger days, especially sort of school days and, and, and um, really you know, sort of examining a time when sort of I was sort of looking at sort of the emergence and sort of understanding and my own sort of journey through figuring out who I was and, yeah. and, and just running into, um, you know, the, the, the adversity, the bullies, essentially, you know, it was quite relentless, right? And so yeah. there's a pocket of time where that was sort of quite heavy for myself. And so- um, I'm so sorry. You know, I mean, that's, that's, that stuff is the worst. It's so it hard, is. you know? It's so awful. It's so awful. And I mean, if- you know, if there is a silver lining that, you know, can emerge from that, you know, it, it's being able to sort of, I hope, at least take that experience and, and you know, articulate in a way to, you know, hopefully provide resonance for for somebody else, maybe lo looking for themselves and, and for content and, and, you know, hopefully wanting to, um, you know, at least the adversity is is out there. We know it is, but, you know, the story sort of really resides in a place of resilience. And I hope that that's what's taken away for for maybe somebody who might also be 
experiencing that. I can see that for sure. I think when we when we see a show like Alter Boys, uh, when we sort of read the serial box, um, sadly, and and um, we can we can often assume these series are only going to be filled with hardship or only going to be filled with trauma. I mean, as you mentioned earlier, there's such a great exploration of like platonic love in this show, but there's also like great moments of levity and joy. I, I just want to play a clip. Take a listen to this. Tell me, Troy, are you a wellness and health connoisseur like the rest of the West Coast guppies? Guilty. <sighs> Vegetarian, CrossFit, yoga, meditation, mm -hmm. zero waste. Oh, off meat and your parents still sent you here? Mm -hmm. uh, let me guess, they compost, don't they? <laughs> that clip, one of the characters, Owen, is is hosting a, a drag show and he's making his way through the audience and, and, and talking a little bit to the, to the audience. Um, so I wonder if you could talk to me a little bit about that. Like, was it important for you in these stories that can often be, you know, filled with with trauma and 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 again, like sadness and real life things, to make sure there's room room for moments like that, that nuance that you were talking about, the levity that you were talking about? Oh, for sure. I mean, I mean, really, that's that's what I feel um, is so much of where this story exists. With that scene in particular that 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 we just heard the clip from, you know, it's 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 a pocket of escape that these characters have created for them in this larger sort of timeline of the summer, and it's a very needed moment of exhale. Um, and so, um, not all the the moments sort of involve the same kind of grandeur of of sort of celebration per se, but um, yeah, all the quiet, sort of introspective, um, intimate moments are really, really what drive the series. It's really where we live um, for the majority of of our time. You've talked a little bit about um, the, the parts of yourself you see in this character, Scotty, and, and some of the other characters as well. And you talked a little bit about how um, you know you, you were writing this thing and making this thing and sort of telling stories that maybe you 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 weren't seeing. And, and you talked a little bit about the. The things you went through growing up, which I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for you talking about that. But it, it brings to mind, like, what would it have meant for you as a teenager to have seen a, a show like this? Um, oh, I mean, you know, uh, there was so little content out there at the time, really, where I could, you know, see myself. And, and that was difficult because, you know, as you're going through it, that you know, that adversity and that sort of bullying, it already feels isolating. And it's in, to not also have some sort of um, pocket and and of reflection and, and something that you can, you know, also examine and see that resilience and the, the other side to that adversity. I mean, that's tough. So it really would have helped to not have felt, you know, so alone at the time. And I obviously, you know, I understand that I, I, it wasn't as though I was the only person going through this, but it very much felt like that at the time. And so to, to have these stories and these characters to sort of connect with um, in those, in those moments, I think would have really, um, I, you know, resonated in a way that, that, that shows, that shows the contrast, that shows the sort of um, the beauty of, of the, uh, um, you know, that identity that I was sort of coming into and, 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 and feeling and exploring. And I hope now that the, it can be that um, for somebody else. What's been um, the most meaningful, you talked at the beginning about some of the feedback you've been getting. What's been the most meaningful piece of feedback, the most meaningful thing someone said to you after, after consuming the show? Oh, um, you know, there there was one comment uh, I remember getting um, that remarked on the sort of the the constant presence of love that was sort of radiating in the in the series, and that to me felt so wonderful to hear because it was so much of what 
um, I was hoping would be the takeaway. And every, you know, every everyone will bring their sort of own unique and nuanced lens to the experience of of watching the show and and extract, you know, very different sort of components. And um the 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 larger sort of comments on this the softness of the story, the tenderness and those those very sort of quiet moments um and the love, when those are the takeaways, that feels so rewarding because that really was so much of the push of what we um, we put into the into the show, and so I find that 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 is a really um, great uh, remark to to receive about the series. Congratulations on the show! Thanks a lot for making the time. Of course, thank you very much. My conversation with Jonathan Lawrence, uh, the Manitoba filmmaker who stars in the CBC Gem series Alter Boys. He also wrote, produced, directed the series. You can watch all six episodes now on CBC Gem. Think of your favorite one-hit wonder. Or that overpriced toy your parents would never let you have. Or that TV show that no one else remembers because it was canceled way too soon. Now what if we could fix it? I'm Francesca Ramsey. And I'm Delon Grant. And after 20 years of friendship, we are now hosting a new nostalgia podcast called Let Me Fix It. Each episode, we'll dig into our favorite celebrities, shows, and brands of yesteryear, and then imagine what it would take to repackage them for relevance today. Think of our show as an intervention, but with way less stakes. So subscribe to Let Me Fix It wherever you get your favorite podcasts. The next conversation you're about to hear comes to you from Creston, British Columbia, which is a town. And I mean, this is typically on the show where I try to go like it's X hours from Vancouver or like Y hours from Calgary. No offense to the people listening to this show in Creston. Can I say it's pretty far out of the way? It's a town of about 5,000 people, but it's where the musician, activist, and actor Jaylee Wolf grew up on her family's farm. If you don't know Jaylee, the last record she made looked at the hardship her family endured during the 60s scoop, the generational trauma that followed. That EP was nominated for a Juno back in 2022. Jaylee's new record is called God is an Endless Mirror, and it came out of a pretty transformative time for her. I mean, she'll tell you about it, but she talks about feeling struck while she was acting on a set one day. What I mean by that is like she was experiencing something really profound, almost physical, deeply spiritual, and it came kind of out of nowhere. And it led her to realize that she needed to make some big changes in her life, which leads to her taking a step back from acting. And I mean, this brings us back to Creston, buying the farm she grew up on as a kid. It's from that farm that Jaylee got on Zoom to tell you about what she's been through and to introduce to you a song from her new record. Here's Jaylee Wolf. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm well, thanks for asking. What's it, what's it like outside your window in Creston right now? So I have all these sunflowers that I've planted in the summer that are dying. It's really sad, but it's gorgeous here. I just bought my childhood farm, so I've just been working the land. So when I look out my window, I can just see the, the work that I've been putting in and kind of just revel in that. What time are you getting up to do that? 
Oh, it just depends on the day. It depends on how long I stay up at night. And, you know, sometimes I like to create late into the night so that I'm not getting up so early. But I have some help with animals and things like that. So I'm very lucky. You're not getting up at like 4 a.m. to go do any of that stuff, are you? No, I mean, maybe I'll start doing that in like my 40s, 50s, like start being a real <laughs> farmer, you know? Well, I, I want to sort of get to the journey because I think buying your childhood farm factors into some of the conversation we're going to have today. But um, the, the EP is called God is an Endless Mirror. And I was reading a quote from you about the process of writing these songs. And I'm, I'm just going to read it back to you. Every song was about losing my mind, barely holding on and feeling lost. What, what was going on? So I went through a spiritual awakening and it was very unexpected. I didn't ever expect to find faith or spirituality again. And it was so spontaneous. And I was just going through this ego death and losing my sense of self. Like anything that I was identifying with at the time started to slip away. And it was terrifying because I had no idea what was going on. And I didn't really know who to talk to about it. So I turned to music and that's sort of how this EP came about because art is so amazing. It's so healing and cathartic and just sort of kind of figured it out through making art and making song. Ego death is a is a is a term that I've heard a lot, and like a lot of my friends have sort of experienced um, uh, something close to it. And I'll, I'll do my best, and I would love for your for your help with this. But you know, ego death, e- ego loss. I mean, I think this is something that started to sort of come out and, and, and be present in a lot of psychedelic culture in the 1960s. You know, the, the idea that you know this the idea of complete transcendence about losing everything you kind of thought you were, losing your own sort of sense of your identity, and trying to find a greater truth about yourself. Is it something like that? That's exactly what I was going through. It was, but it was so, you know, how can I explain it? It's like trying to explain if someone's never tasted a strawberry before. And then I'm trying to say like how it tastes. It's so hard to explain the feelings, but um, it it was hard because I had built my life as an actor. You know, I, I put everything into my work because I thought that if I made a certain amount of money or if I achieved a certain title, that it would mean something, that I would be loved. And um, I was just going about it the wrong way. I wasn't actually getting to the bottom of who I really am. Like I wasn't actually living my authentic life. I was just doing day-to-day stuff just to get, you know, to get love, but I was just going about it the wrong way. So discovering that was hard because I was like, wow, I've I've been working really hard at this life and to just kind of walk away from it, um, I was scared. Did something precipitate this realiza- realization? Did something happen? I think it was so many things, but it was it was one moment, but it was sort of spontaneous. It happened on set and I can't exactly pinpoint how it happened, but I went out of body and from that moment on, it was like three years of just journeying with the spiritual awakening. It was like going through the void and all of these things that I just, I didn't know who to talk to about. So I'm, I'm really glad to be able to talk about this right now with you. It feels really good. I'm glad you're talking to me about it too. Is, is, is this, I mean, maybe this is obvious. Is this why you buy the childhood farm, you know, to kind of yes. get back to your, get back to your original self? Exactly. Yeah, because I had no balance and I started to realize that I wasn't really happy. And I had all these things that should have been making me happy on paper, but I wasn't. And so I needed, yeah, I needed to work with nature. I needed to get back to the land. 
Do you have an answer for what a fulfilling life is to you now? So I have this belief that you create the energy inside your body. So like we all know what these feelings are. We've felt them, you know, even glimpses in our lives, a peace, fulfillment, power, whatever it is you're after. And, and I think for me, it's just about generating that within myself and then letting the chips fall where they may like letting the universe kind of take care of things for me like i don't want to be so much in this like controlling driver's seat anymore like an empowered helplessness yeah yeah exactly like it's it's um it's the it's the two sides of the coin and accepting that i don't have control but there's a piece in that that's beautiful. But I, but I, yeah, but what I can control is is how I feel and how I react to things, and and yeah, I can just get to, get to know me. So the song we're here to talk about, "Welcome Child," is 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 any of that related to what we're talking about today? Definitely, yeah. It's def- it embodies the themes of the EP, the the themes of awakening, self love, healing. It it's a song that I wrote when I was coming home to the truth of who I really am. So it felt very powerful. It felt like a resolve after all of the the darkness and sadness I was going through. Yeah, so I wrote it on a day of acceptance. I'm I'm so excited to hear it. Can you do your best kind of like radio announcer? And maybe really all you have to do is just say who you are and introduce us to the song. Hey, I'm Jaylee Wolf, and this is my song, Welcome Child. Welcome, child, from Jaylee Wolf's new EP. It's called God is an Endless Mirror. Before that, you heard our conversation from Creston, British Columbia. That is it for the show. Uh, the other episode up today is my conversation with the Toronto band The Beaches. Their song is kind of everywhere right now, both very, very rare for this to happen. It's like number one on radio, so it's getting played on like the radio. You'll hear it at like Shoppers Drug Mart. And then it's also everywhere on TikTok right now. I feel like you, you only ever get one of those two things. And they'll be here to tell you that like this song came out of the moment when dropped by their label, like fired their manager, all they all got broken up with. And out of the ashes of that came the biggest song of their lives. I love a story like this. So uh, go check that out wherever you get this podcast. We'll see you soon. Later on.
For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.